0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with
1: JJ Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils Podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils, a daily podcast, the only daily Duke Blue Devils podcast that you'll find that dives into the life of Duke athletics. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Duke football program, recapping their loss to North Carolina, and what to expect in the coming weeks from the Blue Devils on the gridiron. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. If you're listening on the Apple podcast platform, I would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and written review. The algorithms love those written reviews. So if you take a couple of seconds to do that for us, it would mean the absolute world. As you may know, with Lockdown Blue Devils, we're also on YouTube every single day. If you're watching us on the show today. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure you subscribe and share the video, share the channel with your friends. We're climbing towards 1,000 subscribers. That's the next big goal for this podcast. Help us be a part of that. Help us make that an absolute reality. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Before we dive into today's show, do want to give a quick shout out to our big title sponsor, for today's episode in particular, it's brought to you by our friends at Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20% with the promo code On at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, so here we go. On today's show, so fired up to be joined by my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Glad to have him back here with us. I don't want to bring up the fact that Duke football has yet to win a game since the last time Josh appeared on this podcast. I'll let you connect the dots there yourself. Uh, uh, Josh just had to throw a little jab in there. I hope you're doing well, my friend.
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's been a couple of weeks of of close calls, right? Close calls, uh, losses by three points um, at Georgia Tech in overtime, and then at home to UNC. And so, yeah, it's been two unfortunate weeks. As someone pointed out to Coach Elko on Monday, we're 14 points away from being 7-0. And he looked at the the, at the media member and said, yes, we are. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been such a fun season. It's obviously surpassed many of the national media, the ACC media at large. Uh, thoughts and perspectives of what Duke football could be here in 2022. We mentioned that Georgia Tech game uh, last week, going to overtime, scoring in the final 10 seconds to force overtime in particular. We've got the massive Samir Hagans punt return touchdown. You always give me praise and love when Jaden Shoot does absolutely anything on the basketball floor. When I saw Samir Higgins make that big-time yeah. play, I'm like, if you are a true Locked on, Blue Devils listener, or you dive into the Section 17 podcast, it's Josh Cox that's singing his praises. And so Samir Higgins absolutely delivered. This Duke team, while the wins haven't been there the last two weeks, they're not afraid at all of the big moments. Both of these losses have been by a a one-possession game. Absolutely.
0: Don't forget Samir Higgins also caught a touchdown pass in the UNC game uh, this week as well. And and not only did he catch a touchdown pass, but he shook – Whoever it was, I, I think it was Grimes. Shook him, man, really bad, and was wide open in the corner of the end zone. And so, yes, yeah, Samir is a is a redshirt freshman that I just I just feel like is going to be the next guy. I just feel like he's going to be that guy. And, and so, anyway, uh, yeah, it, w- it was an interesting an interesting game this past Saturday. Obviously, did not end the way uh, the Duke fans wanted it to end. Um, there was there's a lot to talk about, really, JJ and I, wherever you want to start. I'm good to start. But There's a lot to, to unpack in this rivalry game.
1: Yeah, it wasn't epic game. It was Duke and North Carolina. The Tar Heels win by three points, 38, 35, a back and forth football game. And we let's start with the environment. I teased it at the very beginning of the podcast today. If you're watching us on YouTube, what an atmosphere it was like to watch on television for someone that was there in the venue major under-the-lights game, Duke of North Carolina, a massive rivalry, first year that Mike Elko was indoctrinated in this rivalry. What was it like to be there in person?
0: Well, the stadium has not looked like that since 2018 Notre Dame game. That's the last time the stadium looked like that. And so uh, going heading into the game, you know, leading up the week of, there was a lot of ticket. Uh, there was secondary market tickets and then uh, the ticket office got a few additional tickets available. And so we never really knew what was going on with that. We were afraid that we were going to show up Saturday night and it was going to be 60 to 65% Carolina blue uh, and that we were going to be outnumbered as Duke fans. Uh, it was actually the exact opposite. We were probably 60 maybe 65% Duke blue uh, in those stands. Duke fans showed up. Um, and, you know, we asked the players today, we spoke uh, to Joshua Pickett, and the Graham Barton and Joshua Pickett specifically mentioned just the lift when they came out of that tunnel and looked around and saw the full stadium. Uh, he's like, you know, it was just validating to the team that hey, listen, people are noticing the work we're putting in; they're understanding and realizing that the culture has changed. And so the atmosphere was it was incredible. I have to give a shout out; it was the best tailgating experience that we've had at Duke. Hard hat guys, parents, fans. Friends of our podcast uh, came by and hung out. Game day operations went very smoothly. There were some ticket issues, some tickets not scanning properly. Man, they jumped all over that, took care of people. Um, It it was really, really smooth, man. I got to give a shout out to Duke from the top down. The whole evening went so well. And I even got to give a shout out to the UNC fans. We we obviously joked back and forth, Duke and Carolina. But, man, they came out and cheered for their team and, you know they got the win on the road and uh, and and I mean from what, from our perspective, uh, you know they were they were fine. We had a few Carolina friends sitting with us that are friends as well, and so overall the atmosphere was just great. And I will say this about the atmosphere: when Jalen Calhoun caught what would have been the touchdown to put us up ten and then eleven if if we have made the extra point, when he caught that touchdown, we we did not initially see the flag, right? Neither did. The folks evidently a duke because the fireworks started going off. Everybody was going crazy, I and mean, you could all, almost not even hear uh, the official when he made the call. And so, man, you talk about that high, and then the fans. I mean, the students started immediately going down to the bottom because they were going to rush the field, and then the penalty. It was it was just a weird, crazy like wave of emotions right there. But the atmosphere was absolutely spot on.
1: The victory bell stays in Tar Heel blue for another year. Unfortunately, so close to Duke walking away with a victory in that one. Credit to the North Carolina Tar Heels for picking up the win. They're now in the driver's seat in the ACC Coastal Division. And quite frankly, not many people thought that they would be playing the level of football that they have, in good part thanks to the freshman quarterback play that they've got from Drake May. Watching that guy make plays was incredibly impressive. Let's talk a little bit more about the game, some turning points in the football game and more after our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. Sweat Block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. A customer left this review as Chris. Suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts, he started tucking maxi pads in his shirt to soak up all the sweat until he found Sweat Block. Sweat Block changed the game for him altogether. We wanted to change the game for you. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, give Sweat Block a try. Save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson, alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 Podcast. All right, so 38-35, the final score in this one. Uh, you know, we could go to major takeaways with the offense and defense. What a game it was, though. Back and forth, haymakers thrown from both sides. I think there were two pivotal turning points that I briefly mentioned on Monday's podcast, Josh, that I would like to talk about. And the first one for Duke came with 90 seconds left in the first half. When Duke goes up 21-10, to 10. the last thing that you need to have happen is for North Carolina to put together a big drive. They did. They made it a 21-17 game at halftime with Duke having the football out coming out of the locker room to start the second half. If you make it an 11-point game, A North Carolina team a bit deflated in the locker room at that point. Who knows what that first drive of the second half looks like for Duke. Maybe they go up by 18 points. Maybe North Carolina is then all the way rattled and things turn out differently. The other key point in this one was to let people know that after that 21-10 to score with 90 seconds left, the Tar Heels ultimately end up scoring 21 unanswered. So now Duke finds themselves down by 10 late in the second half. And they respond down 31-21, and Duke is able to score 14 straight, two consecutive touchdown drives. And just the fight from the Duke football program to not give up in that moment when in years past Duke would have, I think those are the two – oh, one learning opportunity in maximizing those 90 seconds before the half. The middle eight is what Bill Belichick with the Patriots has become so accustomed to spreading across the entire country – Uh, in regards to football. But then that's your learning point. But then, hey, applaud what you were able to do down by 10 in the second half to put back-to-back touchdowns together. That's where I want to go next is these two pivotal moments in the game.
0: Yeah, let's take the first pivotal moment, that uh, two-minute drive or less than two-minute drive that Drake May put together uh, with that UNC offense. You know, Duke was uh, playing off. And and I'll be honest with you, I didn't get a chance. I just didn't lend itself to it this week with uh, Coach Elko. But I'd like to know his overall philosophy on that. You know, there, there's two different schools of thought there. Uh, one of them is to play that you know four deep, uh, basically prevent, don't let anything over your head type type of defense, which most uh, teams do. The others is like, hey, listen, like we got to get up here and and stop these five and outs or stop these quick passes. Um, you know, and they just you just kind of play like a normal defense. I don't know uh, Coach Elko's specific philosophy on this, but Joshua Pickett today said that the, the major, uh, the long pass, I forget how long it was, um, that set up the touchdown was a busted coverage. And he actually took credit for it. I don't know if it truly was his fault, uh, but he he took the blame for that one. Uh, but that's something that you just can't have happen, right? Um, he, he mentioned if you take one mental break on defense against Drake May, he's going to find you. You take one play off, you take one play where you're just kind of 75%, Drake may's gonna find you and he's gonna he's a great play.
1: quarterback man I mean he is. Be, like give him some love that, that's what yeah. two fans need to do for sure
0: well and, and we're gonna at least have the next two years if he and Riley Leonard <laughs> yeah. uh, going at each other because you know you look at Riley stats and Riley does it a little bit differently than Drake may uh but at the end of the day Riley Leonard and Drake may are two incredible quarterbacks uh who really deserve all the credit in the world but yeah uh you're not going to win many football games when you give up two touchdowns in each of the last two minutes of the half, right? The last two minutes of the first half, last two minutes of the second half. You're not going to win many football games uh, doing that. So that's the first learning, uh, learning there, you know, and, and, and and like you said uh, you learn from that and hopefully you put that into practice later on. And when you face something similar in the future, the second one is yeah, Duke gets down by 10 and uh, this program in the last three seasons. Would have ended up losing this game by twenty-four points. You know what I mean? We would yeah. have given up two more touchdowns.
1: That's a fair um, point. Yeah.
0: And I I'm not even being critical. I'm just right. that's just the facts. That's what would happen. Yeah. Um, but not only did we did we score the next two, but minus the chop block penalty, we score twenty one unanswered. Right. And we're up forty one, I mean forty two to thirty-one with two minutes to go in the game. And it's over. Like we've won the game. Yeah. And so, I mean, Jordan Waters running the football on that second, on that last drive or second to last drive there with that 38 yard run. Uh, incredible. Riley bringing the team down, making some incredible throws. Even on that final drive, the out pattern to Jordan Moore somehow put, got his foot down. I mean, you just look at it and you're like, man, we were there. We were right there. We deserved to win that game. I'm not saying Carolina didn't deserve to win it, but Duke also deserved to win that game. And uh, and you're right. I mean, there was one big learning experience and then one big applause for Duke just playing their tails off in the fourth quarter.
1: 245 yards passing for Riley Leonard, one touchdown, one interception through the air. Duke was without Jalen Coleman at the tailback spot for this one. Riley Leonard, how about his uh, get-up speed, a 74-yard touchdown run to the house in the first half that was also good to see in in a a primetime game like this and granted look north carolina is well aware of the fact that if there is one flaw with this north carolina football team it's been their defense but even still in a rivalry game like this your offense has to show up north carolina is going to want to play well and the duke offense did show up all night long able to put some big drives together from right out of i mean the first drive of the game they're putting together a touchdown drive and like you said if it wasn't for a chop box penalty uh, at the very end, the last drive for Duke's offense would have also ended in a uh, in a touchdown as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, can we give a shout out? I, I don't. I was not obviously I was on vacation last week and was not able to come on uh, Locked On. But I know that the conversation that took place on the Section Seventeen podcast in my absence was looking at the Miami UNC game from the previous week. Tyler Van Dyke throwing for four hundred and ninety six yards. But Miami never, basically never running the football, you know, 1.8 yards a rush or something. And the question was Did Miami abandon the run on their own just because Van Dyke was throwing the ball so well? Or did Carolina actually stop the run and force them to do that? Well, I think we got our answer because Duke rushed for 297 net rushing yards Saturday night. Uh, Coach Elko commended the offensive line, Uh, they really wanted to get to the edges. Uh, to run in in this game not just running it straight up the middle and he applauded the offensive line for getting waters and the more and more 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 um, out there remember we did all this without starting running back Jalen Coleman as well and so there's a lot to be uh, to be happy about I mean we're sitting here four and three obviously uh, we really in my opinion should be five and two or six and one uh, over the because of these last two weeks but You know, I I think I did say this. You gave me a hard time. I think I did say at our preseason preview, you asked me to fill in the blank. Uh Duke Duke can beat Carolina this year in football if, and my answer was, if Josh Downs does not play. (laughs) And uh, now while Josh Downs, I mean, he had good stats. uh, His stats don't even really tell the story. Uh, Nine receptions, 126 yards. But on the drives where Carolina needed it, he was like a vacuum cleaner. I mean, there were a couple of catches he made he was in great. the fourth quarter. I mean, because May did – nothing against May, but he didn't put the ball on the money a couple of different times, threw a couple behind him. And, man, Downs was just – if you got it within five five feet of his arms, he was getting it. And, like, you know, once again, you got to give credit to those guys. Um, but at the end of the day – I actually thought our defense did okay. It hurt that Speedy Young was out for the yep. second half. That really did hurt. Uh, we don't have any depth uh, in that in that cornerback secondary. Uh, well, we have some safety depth. We definitely don't have any cornerback depth. And so that really hurt us. But
1: I'm glad you brought up the fill-in-the-blank because I did kind of forget about that conversation. However, in the past week, I've actually heard from some Locked On Blue Devils listeners, which I greatly appreciate all the feedback we have, a lot of people love fill in the blanks, so we're going to try and continue to incorporate them throughout. And I'll remind you of another one in a preseason conversation where we were asked about the gap between North Carolina football and Duke football. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I said significant. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> has I, that changed?
0: Oh, you know, it's changed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what? Look at the look. Look at the product in the field. Right.
1: I turn mean, on the game. Yeah.
0: Watch the game. And it, I tell you what, there have been games, if, if Duke fans were honest, right? Okay, I'll give you a classic game. 2013 Chick-fil-A Bowl. Okay. Duke, Texas A&M. Right. I'm there at the game in person. 13 rows up, right, right. watching the game.
1: Atlanta, Georgia, having a blast. yeah, In Atlanta,
0: yep, with three out of the four uh, members of the Section 17 podcast we're hanging out. Okay, if we were honest, we were playing above our heads – and they were playing below their standard, right? Right. Uh, There were times where you're like, we don't belong on this field, but, man, we're really playing good football, and so we're here, right? Uh, Because it was just the gap was just very, very wide. It was not that way Saturday night. And Carolina, let's be honest, they're full of four stars, got a couple of five stars on that roster. And let me tell you something, they couldn't handle Dwayne Carter. They could not handle him. Shaka Hayward was was all over the place. And so, like, we, we, we stood up and played them, and the, the gap uh, that we feared was going to be significant, Mike Elko, David Feely, and company have closed that gap very quickly.
1: Yeah, man, it's exciting to think about the future for the Stu football team. And what's also exciting is the fact that this season's not over. It's not this, this postseason uh, conversation or anything like that. Still games left to be played, including one on Saturday against Miami. We'll talk about that. And our final segment here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Want to get some love today. Locked On Blue Devils brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Then you can add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're moving forward here on today's episode of Locked Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Uh, throw in a quick plug here. What's going on at the Section 17 podcast?
0: Yeah, so uh, we're talking football every week. We just dropped an episode this past Tuesday, gave our reaction to the UNC game, uh, gave a preview of the Miami game, spoke with the Miami play-by-play uh, guy as well and got some insight um, on their team, riddled with injuries and all of these types of things. Um, and then we do giveaways every week. We do a score prediction, and so that'll drop uh, dropped on Wednesday. Um, score predictions, if you get the score, if you get closest to the score and, and the winner correct, we send you a free Bleed Blue Section 17 podcast t-shirt, which, which JJ has one. Uh, we send that out uh, to the person on Facebook and on Twitter that gets the closest. So we do that every week, and you can find everything you need about our podcast at dukefootballtalk.com
1: yeah you can go back through the youtube feed and you'll sign, find several shows where i'm rocking the uh the bleed blue shirt yeah, uh, make i've love. just got
0: the uh, the logo i just got the logo. yeah look at today, you man so, i gotta you know,
1: i gotta up my section 17 podcast you know. here <laughs> hey i can
0: i can drop an exclusive on the lockdown network here okay uh, Dukefootballtalk.com is about to expand to a store oh and you will have multiple items not just podcast related but kind of duke football related we're trying to work through that like how to do it the right way sure because you know, there's a lot of rules and a lot of different things you can and cannot do and so we've got sure. a couple of emails we're waiting on one specific email back to give us a thumbs up on something and then we're going to release it so locked on family we're telling you before we even tell our own podcast we're letting it. you know the exclusive the store will be up and going soon
1: All right, so Duke and Miami on Saturday we will kind of wind down with this. You'll be back on the program tomorrow as well. We'll have some basketball chatter. So uh, our partners over at BetOnline have the Hurricanes. They opened up as a nine-point favorite against Duke. Home away, home away, home away. We just saw Duke play a game inside Wallace Wade Stadium there in Durham, so they got to travel south, got to go take on Miami on the road. What's it going to take for Duke to win this football game?
0: Wow, uh, it's going to take some mental toughness. Uh, two straight weeks of losing football games that I believe those young men walked into the locker room, looked in the mirror, and said we should have won that game. Both both of the last two weeks. So it's going to take some 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 mental fortitude there. Um, number two, uh, we're going to have to continue to run the football. Um, Tyler Van Dyke, in my opinion, is not as dynamic as Drake May. However. Uh, He can throw the football. Uh, He doesn't run as much. Um, But the best way to limit Tyler Van Dyke on Saturday is going to be for Jordan Waters and company to run that football down their throat and keep that clock churning. We need to win the the time of possession battle. Secondly, um, continue to win the turnover battle. It's frustrating that we've lost these last two games knowing that we've won the turnover battle. In both of the games, um, and so I would say that. And then thirdly, I know this—it's probably like cliche football talk, right? But like, give it we, to me. We cannot. We have to limit the penalties, especially, especially in those key moments. We have to play clean football. We have to understand as football players and as a team what those officials are looking for, and we have to just, especially on those huge downs, those big time plays. We've got to make sure that we're above board on all that stuff. Now, I'm not saying that the officials made the right calls or the wrong calls Saturday. I don't believe uh, that one call either way is going to uh, swing the entire game, unless it's the Miami game on that eight lateral return. But anyway, <laughs> uh, typically, but they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do better in the penalty department.
1: For we'll sure. see if they can get it done on Saturday. Again, they've lost two straight. Hopefully Duke can get back into the one column against the Hurricanes coming up on Saturday. Josh, as always, I really do appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you again soon, okay?
0: Thanks, JJ. You have a great day, man.
1: That's my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Follow their program on Twitter, at Talk. Follow Josh as well, at Joshua Cox. You can check out Locked On Blue Devils wherever you get your podcasts. The same with the Section 17 podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Your support means the absolute world. Coming up tomorrow, a new season in the NBA is getting started. A Duke in the NBA new season preview. We'll discuss that and more coming up tomorrow. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.